0: Hello, and welcome to the Dawkinning Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, The New and Improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This
1: is probably one of Dwayne's worst films.
0: Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy
1: every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the last twenty minutes of the movie. That That's about what right. the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a fuck a fucking
0: city. Secret underground hideouts, cinema with Harrison Smith, Dork's the podcast, the Dorkening. black and white fright, the wicked horror show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedalkening.com. Warning! Warning! Beware! The curse of the mummy's tomb. The vultures are gathering for yet another feast. Beware! You infidels and unbelievers, take heed of the curse. Do not meddle with the secrets of the dead. I must take you into my confidence and warn you. There is a curse which says that all persons present at the opening of a pharaoh's coffin and who gaze at the face of the mummy therein shall die. You have been warned. been warned. You, Terence Morgan, beware. Your past may catch up with you. You, Ronald Howard, beware. Let the sleeping mummy lie. You, Fred Clark, beware. Let gold not be your god. And you, Shan Roland, beware the love of a handsome stranger. And all of you here now, beware the forbidden secrets of life and death. You cannot run away from the curse of the mummy's tomb. We're all doomed to die for this act of desecration. The curse of the mummy's tomb reveals the mystery. The murders. The terrifying story of a rampaging bandage and bone monster stalking those who defiled its tomb of terror. <laughs>
1: welcome to another exciting episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris.
2: And I am your co-host, Roe Lorne.
1: And tonight we are talking about the 1964 horror movie, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. <laughs> and Roe has the plot synopsis for this second of four mummy films from Hammer's library.
2: I do. So, The Curse of Mummy's Tomb, originally released on December 31st, 1964, directed by Michael Carreras. Our film begins with the credits rolling over some ancient Egyptian ruins, to reveal we are in Egypt, 1900. Egyptian archaeologist Eugene Dubois, played by Bernard Rebel, has been tied to some stakes and is being guarded by some Egyptians. More ride up on horseback. One looks through his clothes and belongings, takes out a knife and stabs him and cuts off his hand. His body is brought back to camp where his daughter, Annette Dubois, Jean Roland is an Egyptian and an Egyptian archeologist, Sir Giles, um, Jack Guillem, and John Bray, Ronald Howard are staying. The Egyptians warn them of the curse of Ra's tomb but the archaeologists dismiss it as a superstition. Annette discovers the severed hand of and of her father and the bloodied knife outside. The archaeologists and their aides remove Ra's sarcophagus from its tomb. They are informed that their financial benefactor Alexander King, Fred Clark, has arrived. Sir Giles and his Egyptian colleague Hashmi Bey, George Pastel. Went, or want the ex, the exhibits to be sold to the Cairo Museum. But against their wishes, King wants to take the exhibits on a world tour to make lots of money. Sir Giles resigns in protest, so King appoints Bray, head of the ex, exhibition and relics. That evening, while they discuss the curse of the Pharaohs, the store room containing their relics is ransacked. One of the Egyptian servants has been murdered and their inventory list stolen, suggesting others are interested in the findings of the tomb. On board ship back to England, Annette and Bray discuss their futures on deck when a a scream alerts them to a man attacking Sir Giles with a knife. The attacker also threatens Annette before another passenger, Adam Beauchamp. I think that's, yeah, Adam Beauchamp. Terence Morgan, intervenes, fights the attacker, and knocks him off the ship into the sea. Adam offers to keep Bray and Annette safe and help secure the Egyptian relics. In London, Bray and Annette invite Adam to accompany them to see the relics where King is having them unpacked for an exhibition. Annette tells him the story of the pharaoh. Ross search for eternal life but his father ramses banished him to the desert a tribe of nomads made Ra their king and gave him a medallion used in reviving the dead Ra planned to return to his homeland for vengeance but his brother be sent assassins to kill raw before he could leave the assassins cut off raw's hand and to prove he was dead but did not take the medallion king opens the sarcophagus to reveal Ra's mummified, bandaged body, Dickie Owen. Back at Adam's house, Annette tells Adam about her relationship with Bray. Bray arrives and Annette takes a medallion out of her bag. Back at Adam's house, Annette tells him about her relationship with Bray. Bray arrives and Annette takes a medallion out of her bag that she says her father gave her. Adam shows an interest in it, so they agree to have the medallion authenticated by Sir Giles. But after Bray insults Sir Giles, he's left to try and identify the medallion alone. While he does so, he's attacked and knocked unconscious by an assailant who steals the medallion. King introduces the exhibition in London and tells the story of the archaeologists and how they found the tomb of Ra. Before opening the sarcophagus, King warns the assembled crowd of the curse of the pharaoh, saying it will affect anyone present at the opening. But when the sarcophagus is opened, it's empty. Inspector Mackenzie, John Paul, from the police arrives to investigate, but no one can explain what has happened, although Bray speculates that someone may have stolen the body to bring it back to life, an idea that King disputes. As King leaves the exhibition that night, he encounters the mummy in a narrow passageway. The mummy strangles King and pushes him down uh, over the stairs into the river. Bray visits where Bay is staying in, Le- in London and asks for his help. At home, Sir Giles is examining Egyptian hieroglyphics and works out that they refer to the sacred words of life. But just as he does, the mummy crashes in through the French windows. He tries to shoot it, but the mummy kills him by hitting him with a heavy ornament on his desk. At Adam's house, Annette has fallen in love with him and decides to leave Bray. The mummy breaks in and starts to attack him, but when Annette screams it approaches her instead adam speaks to the mummy in egyptian in an attempt to stop it but when it doesn't annette fi- annette faints the mummy however gently strokes her then returns to adam and knocks him out then leaves bray bay and inspector Mackenzie arrive and bray convinces the inspector to give him a second chance to solve who's behind it while Bray discusses the curse with Bay and the mummy, uh, the mummy breaks in. But it's a trap and the police catch the mummy in a net. Bay kneels before the mummy and offers himself as a sacrifice. The mummy breaks out of the net and crushes Bay's head with his foot before leaving without attacking anyone else. The police follow. This proves to the inspector and Bray that not only or that only those present at the opening of sarcophagus are in danger, which means still only Bray and Annette. At his house, Adam shows Annette his collection of Egyptian relics. Annette questions how he's had his knowledge, and Adam reveals that he is Ramses' other son, cursed by Ramses to everlasting life, who can only die by the hand of his brother, Ra, who was killed by the assassins he sent. But now he has the chance for peace, since he can die as Ra has returned to life. He places the medallion around Annette's neck, and makes her repeat the words to awaken Ra's mummy before he can die he instructs Ra to kill annette the last of the tomb pillagers bray and the police burst in so Ra and adam take annette into the underground tunnels as they struggle with their pursuers to close the, uh, to close the door behind them adam's hand is trapped and severed as the door closes however Ra won't kill annette because of her beauty and as adam takes out a knife to stab her Ross stops him and forces him underwater and kills him. The mummy leaves with the medallion and pulls down the roof of the tunnel on top of him, burying himself under a pile of stones and rocks, leaving Annette to be safe and rescued by the police. Then the credits roll.
1: And we begin with a, uh, what looks like some type of, in the middle of the desert, sacrifice of our... Um, of, uh, the father of the, uh, who is she, uh, our only female character really besides the maid.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's not really explained why they decided to sacrifice her dad. He just, he gets short on the stick, man.
1: I thought they were going to leave him hanging there by one hand with the other one cut off. Um, (laughs) right, right in the beginning, you get that, uh, you get that blood, um, and then, uh, you know, she's with, uh, she's all lovey-dovey with John and, um, the, uh, the, the guy with the fez shows up saying you are disrespecting the dead.
2: Yeah. And I think the guy with the fez is the same guy from the first film, but it's to- not, not the same character, just the same actor.
1: Ahmed? Yeah. Is that his name? No. Or no. No, no Achmed is the uh, actor. is the uh the goofy guy who gets killed yeah. later on. Achmed was uh the poacher in the mummy, the first one.
2: Oh, okay. No, I feel like I recognize his name from the first one, but Oh, it's, maybe Hash- I was wrong. it's
1: uh, Hashmi Bey. That's who uh yes. the fez is. Um mm-hmm. he's played by George Pas- Pastel. Not in the last one it seems. He was in the Saint television series and he's the train conductor in From Russia with Love, and I'm looking through IMDb right now, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, The Secret Door, uh, Ghost Squad, different. Maniac, he's in Maniac, which is the uh, <laughs> Hammer movie we will get to one day. But uh, Oh, no, yeah, he is Mahat. Yeah, he is the same guy.
2: That, okay, that's what I thought. I was like, I know, I thought I recognized that name, Pastel.
1: Yep, Mahat Bay is the same guy in both movies. So he's just constantly running from... Uh, dig site to dig site, being like the curse. <laughs> Our quasi hero in the movie. There's not really one direct hero in the film, but I, I, if it's anybody, it's going to be John, played by Ronald Howard.
2: Yeah, he kind of figures some. He tries, despite everything, to figure things out.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, the poor and... man
2: is being cheated on too directly to his face, and he still. Wants to figure everything out,
1: right? (laughs) Uh, He played Sherlock Holmes in 39 episodes of a Sherlock Holmes television series back in the 1950s.
2: Oh, that's so funny! I can totally see that actually.
1: Yeah, his uh, his girlfriend, the cheating bitch, she (laughs) is played by uh, Jeanette uh, Jean, Jean Jean Roland. And she was uh, Bond's masseuse therapist in the Only Live Twice. And she was uh-huh. one of the captain of the guards in the original Casino Royale from
2: 1967. Oh wow!
1: Um. Then we have also uh, Alexander King, who is basically he's like the guy who would capture uh, King Kong in in you know the original any of the King Kong versions to put him on display. Everything for a profit. Is-
2: yeah, he does everything for money, and he's an American, of in course. stark contrast to everyone else.
1: He was in uh, the Beverly Hills Billy, or he was a recurring character on the Beverly Beverly Hillbillies from 1963 to 1967, and he was also in I Dream of Jeannie.
2: <laughs> That's funny. I found him to be both an awful, awful person and extremely racist, but also pretty entertaining. I wonder why
1: Terrence Morgan gets a uh, top billing in this movie when he doesn't kind of come in until later on, but he's the actor who plays yeah. Adam who is uh, revealed later on to be the brother of the mummy.
2: Yeah. I got a lot of problems with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, then we also have, uh, let's see. Okay. Then we have the mummy himself, Ra-Antef, mm-hmm. Tef, who is played by Dickie Owens, but no photos of what he looks like unless we see him early on in the flashback and that's supposed to be him as well. But uh, he was also in The Mummy Shroud. He plays Prem. I don't know if that's The Mummy yet uh, or not, because it's not listed as The Mummy. But he does show up in the next of the Hammer Horror Mummy movies. And he was also in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, Interesting. Do you know who wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No, who? Ian Fleming. No way. 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 (laughs) And then uh, (laughs) Sir Giles, played by Jack Gillum. He was Van Helsing in the Monster Squad. That's why I recognized him.
2: Oh, I knew. Okay, see, I he was, the whole time, I was like, I know this man. I know the way, because he has a very specific way of talking.
1: Right, yep. He shows up at the very end of the movie and the very uh, beginning of the movie. And uh, you might also have seen him in Clash of the Titans. He was uh, King Poseidon.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, my God, that's him? Holy shit. I just watched that movie, like, two months ago. Oh, wow. Again, for fun.
1: Yeah, I love that movie. Other known roles are uh, he was in Patton and Lawrence of Arabia. And he was in, uh, again, that Man in the Iron Mask TV series, which pops up every once in a while, which I've never seen. But he's also a Bond actor, as he was in Casino Royale, the original, and Thunderball.
2: Wow. I loved Sir Giles. He was, like, one of my favorite characters in the movie because he was the only one talking sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's
2: like, we found a really... um, Pretty amazing thing here. We should probably put it in the museum,
1: <laughs> right? Um, he uh, was like the James. Bo- uh, sorry, he was like the Indiana Jones of the movie. It belongs in a yes. museum. So do you, Doctor Jones? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so... Yeah, and I, I didn't catch. I mean, I thought it was cool too that um, that uh, he even wanted to put it in the Museum of of Cairo. Not even not even ship it off to the British Museum like they usually do,
1: right? The mummy the the monkey that shows up in this scene is the most adorable character in the movie. Oh, I know, I love him so much. He's so adorable, he's so cute. And of course the Egyptian candy that they're all eating reminds me of like cocaine or something, I don't
2: know. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a Turkish delight. They're they're interesting. I've had a couple I've had Turkish delight a couple of times, which was that whole conversation that they apparently these people in the film I'm supposed to believe that they're the ones who named it Turkish Delights, but I just, I'm just i just going to let that one go.
1: King, the uh, entire film, really feels like something out of a Universal Studios horror movie for a mummy movie, not a Hammer <laughs> Mummy movie. Tess? Yep, a lot of this movie. Okay.
2: A lot of this movie felt very universal in ways, or I think I had at one point, some of it reminded me, at least um, the sets were really pretty good this time, I felt like. And a lot of the sets did remind me of, uh, like, the I think it's the Great Movie Ride in Disney World. It had that that feeling to it. I don't know. Something about it. Or, no, no. Yeah, it was a Great Movie Ride. When you can be, I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World, but there's this part where they go into, like, an ancient Egyptian place to steal a thing. And it reminded me
1: of that a lot. <laughs> They mentioned that it's the year it's the nineteen hundreds, so it must be the late nineteen hundreds, so it's not taking place in the modern day nineteen sixties like I thought.
2: No, it's literally nineteen hundred. Like the year is nineteen
1: hundred. Oh wow. So it is a yeah. really long time ago. But they say a car. I guess there was oh, a car oh, in nineteen hundred. Right.
2: They say a taxi.
1: Yeah. But I mean I guess a taxi could still be a horse drawn carriage. True. Because, you
2: know, when King leaves after his exhibition, he runs into a very old school street prostitute that reminded me of something from like um, a depiction of, uh, fuck, what, what is it? Why is my brain going blank? Of uh, Jack the Ripper, like that era, oh, which right. would be late 1800s. You
1: know? Yeah, that I get that sense too when the mummy shows up as well. Um, yes. We don't get a name or... Uh, an actress for the belly dancer in this movie, which uh, King treats like a stripper, but he because he puts a dollar or so into her. <laughs>
2: I know uh, that whole scene hilariously reminded me of one of my favorite Star Trek episodes of the uh, original series. Uh, that's all I can think of. It, there's an episode when Scotty is accused of stabbing women, and again, it's kind of like the same type of the same type of thing with. Um, very similar era type mm-hmm. of feeling and same, same, basically, you know, late sixties. So, mm.
1: yeah, but we <laughs> don't get a, uh, a name for the, um, uh, there's Jenny in here, but I don't know which one Jenny was.
2: Yeah. She, that sounds more like a English woman, which could have been a prostitute, which was ridiculous. That scene.
1: Maybe well. that's who Jenny was the prostitute. So, but there's yeah. no name for the, uh, the belly dancer in this scene. Um, huh. uh,
2: Yeah, I love how she walked up to him in this well-lit, hold on, my cat's making noise, just a second.
1: The movie was directed by Michael Carreras, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, and he also did films like The Lost Continent, Prehistoric Woman, and Creatures of the World Forgotten, which all have women oh. in some type of bikini, a fuzzy bikini, <laughs> doing some type of belly dance. So you know they needed <laughs> to cast a woman with the flattest stomach they could possibly find. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally fine, because that's awesome. Um, the belly dancing, I don't know, I always just think of Shakira every time I think of—I see belly dancers nowadays. <laughs> Because Shakira in all her music videos is belly dancing.
2: Yeah. Um, I oh my God, sorry. Um, these cats. but uh <laughs> yeah, I loved how In that one scene with the with both the belly dancer and the prostitute, King just thinks he can give them some like pocket change and like change their life. It's ridiculous. just ridiculous to me.
1: We have this he com- literally
2: hands them pocket change.
1: We have this comic relief character, and we immediately, I immediately think that he is something out of uh, the uh, old school Universal films once again. Mm. Um, kind of like a, yes, Master. What do you say, Master? <laughs> uh, I can't think of the actor who comes to mind that he reminds me of, but it will probably come to me eventually. Um, this act our female character our pretty much only main female character that goes through many dresses in this movie many of which shows off her amazingly endowed cleavage uh the best one is at the end of the movie in the blue dress
2: yes it is when she loses that little overflow for her nightgown so she just says like the underneath part of her nightgown on yeah and like the little sewer part yeah it's pretty nice
1: Ra is the name of a sun god, but he's also the name of the mummy.
2: Yeah. So um, everything that they say in this movie is just complete. Like they made up the character. It's just like complete bullshit. Except for Ramses the Eighth, he was real. But as far as I could read, he didn't have any any kids, or if he did, they were so irrelevant that they didn't. They don't have like any. I don't have any details about them. Uh, but yeah, everything in this film is just fake, which is fine. I mean, they're doing their own story.
1: This director would also go on to be uncredited for the director of Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. I wonder why. <laughs> Blood from the Mummy's Tomb is the movie where we get like um, Valerie Leone and like just breasts out constantly. Wow. Yeah. So we'll have fun getting to that movie. Uh, yeah. Is the shroud after this, or is it Blood from the Mummy's Tomb? I
2: um...
1: have makeup artist for this movie. By the way, is Rory Ashton? While you're looking that up, he did the makeup for this film as well as the Pirates of Blood Water, the Devil Ship Pirates, and uh, the Damned, which I think I might be the Village of the Damned. I'm not 100 percent certain. Oh, that'd be awesome! Uh, but also, was the makeup artist on War and Remembrance, the multi-part television series in the '80s that was like all the rage. And a lot of people loved.
2: Shroud is next.
1: Okay. And he also worked on the... uh, He was also the special effects makeup artist for other Hammer movies that we've covered and ones we will cover, such as Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and The Evil of Frankenstein. Now we meet Adam, um, who Annette is, like, cozying up to. And it's right pretty uh, telled from the beginning that this guy is just up to no good, and he's probably the bad guy. And the scenes between him and Annette is like stuff I was just drowning out and doing other things while they were talking or I came back to the room and they're still talking. I ended up just fast forwarding through. And the only time I'm ever actually interested is when we get into the flashback story. I was just
2: so well, first yeah. of all, I was confused that he was white when it's revealed that he's the Egyptian dude. but but not that notwithstanding, I don't understand why she's so randomly interested in him like he just shows up very suspiciously is like oh you have expensive amazing Egyptian relics can I have them can I see them can you tell me about them because- I like, fuck, fuck no this is like classified shit I don't know you, be- you can't just let random people touch shit like
1: that. Because she's written as one of these women that the next strong man that comes along in her life, she just immediately flocks to. No actual real um, character to her other than, like, power or money. Or she's, like, she just lost her daddy, so she needs a new daddy in her life.
2: No, she has a line that just drove me fucking crazy. I almost, like, threw my computer. Like, (laughs) um, she... So she's written... Very confusingly. So, like, on the surface level, I had... Like, in the beginning, I had in my notes that she's an idiot. Not her fault, the way she's written. She's written like an idiot. But then, when you when they explain her character, right? So, they have the problem of show versus tell. So, they sh- the way they show you her character, she comes across as an idiot. But the way they tell you about her character, she's supposed to be, like, this genius archaeologist who's like one of the best world renowned Egyptologists of her time. And that never comes across. She's just like a she just is like a bimbo the entire movie. And she's sitting down with Adam and he's like why do you want to date this or why do you want to marry uh John, you know, he doesn't see you for your your uh, your wifiness He only sees you for your intellect. You know, there's more to a woman than being smart. You should be a homemaker. And she's like, oh my God, you're so right. When is someone going to look at me and realize I'm a woman and like a homemaker and I should be at home and that my intellect is not everything about me. And I was like, barf. This is the worst. Th- Who wrote this shit? Like, what the f- fuck did I just hear? What did I just hear? You can be both. You can be, if you're so concerned about having to be at the home, you can still be a smart person. You can still be respectable like respectable about being smart. Like this whole shit is just wild. That was wild to me.
1: Rachel I could Weiss, not believe it. Rachel Weiss from the Brendan Fraser mummy. She is not. Yes, exactly. Which is like, I wonder because there was never a major mummy movie or a mummy in a movie. After the Monster Squad, until Brendan Fraser's film came along. And I'm wondering if they wrote that character that way. So she's a little goofy. She's a little dimwitted, but she's incredibly intelligent. She's obviously insanely mm-hmm. beautiful. And, you know, she mm-hmm. ain't taking no guff from no man, even though she's put down because her, she's a woman in the 1930s. Uh, right. But there is no female lead strong character other than like valerie leone or you know you could say carolyn monroe but honestly they're second strings to the male characters in all these movies Oh, there, absolutely. There is no main female lead taking control of the film. And Valerie's like kind of like the villain because she's the mummy, so I guess that counts. But there's mm-hmm. no, like, I'm Tomb Raider Laura Croft and I'm going to fight Dracula <laughs> or the mummy or the wolfman or whoever the bad guy is. Maybe there is, and we just haven't encountered it yet, but ninety 99.9% of the women in the movies we've watched so far are second string to the main male lead. I don't think there's a Hammer yeah. film with a main female. However, no. however, there is upcoming uh vampire movies that have um you know, like Countess Dracula. That's the female oh, cool. lead, but still the villain. Yeah. There's also right. twins of evil. There's uh the vampire lovers or lesbian vampire lesbo vampires as it's the other title for it. Mm-hmm. Still the villains though, not the main right. not the main good guy character, and villains can be main characters too. But, right
2: but I mean you also get into like the fetishization of uh, into that as well so yes yeah, and I'm all yeah. about it
1: <laughs> those <laughs> like, movies are oh boy <laughs>
2: yeah. like don't get me wrong I love a ton of our the, the movies that we've watched I love these hammer movies some of them not so much but a lot of them I love but you know they have some very serious problems with women characters <laughs> like oh. Uh, Um, annette though she's just really not good not a good character
1: (laughs) we get the mummy unveiled but he's still just kind of sitting there unanimated and we and we talk more about like the mummy's curse and then someone breaks in and steals the amulet from john and knocks him unconscious uh king continues to uh care only about money and mr fez argues that they need to return the artifacts to their grave now did mr fez die in the last mummy movie
2: yeah, but I don't think this is the same character.
1: It just seems like he, he just... has the same name.
2: <laughs> oh, he does. He literally is the same name. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I thought he did die. I guess maybe he didn't. Maybe his arm just got broken, or his back. He just had back surgery for a little bit. I don't know.
1: King puts on a good sh- slideshow about the history of where they found the thing. I thought that was extremely well done, and then you know, th- that and then, was great. And then he unveils the vault of Al Capone. And the vault of Al Capone, if you're not familiar with, was, I think it was Donahue. He unveiled on live television Al Capone's vault and there was nothing in it.
2: Yes. What a great, yeah, what a great example to use for that. It's accurate.
1: (laughs) The inspector, um, who is our last, I guess, of our main characters, starts n- investigating uh, and, and and questioning everybody. And Jack, uh, sorry, King immediately points to um, Mr. Fez and is like, oh, but, uh, you know, I, uh, he threatened me. He's like, I threatened nobody. I, I just told you that, you know, everyone's going to die because of a curse. <laughs> that was no threat. That was fact.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, well, Giles, you know, he's dumb drunk now because they fired him.
1: And, John, Giles, and John's theory is the mummy is alive. Yeah. The sound also gets really weird when the mummy finally shows up and kills King in the uh, stairwell.
2: Yes. He, like, he, the mummy makes very interesting noises. I also thought that when he kills when he kills King in the stairwell it reminded me of The Exorcist. Even though this is before The Exorcist came out, it it had a very similar look, like the colors, obviously the stairs, like the way it was just it reminded me of that. <laughs>
1: Giles continues to translate. If uh, we remember that he's still around, even though he got kind of like shuttered off. When they pre- when the presentation slideshow is going on and King mentions Giles' name, he just looks really uncomfortable. Later on in the movie, he starts on continue translating the uh, the. Um, the, the sacred words of of the mum of uh, of life and then the mummy uh, breaks in and Giles shoots him seven times with a six gun <laughs> revolver and then the mummy bludgeons him to death three times now I'm assuming what he found out is that Adam and the mummy are brothers
2: yeah I he's got to have figured it out because I mean or I would say or that it just that uh, he would come back to life but still. He uh, or John knew that and he didn't kill John. So I guess he probably had to figure it out more.
1: Right. Um, The mummy also reminds me of Darth Vader the entire time he's breathing. Yes. It's a mystery with Fez and John teaming up because John thinks it's Fez who has the mummy under his control. But it's not, and it's Adam, we come to learn, Adam the scumbag, who is uh, convincing Annette to leave a breakup note, which in what year did this take place, 1964? A breakup note in 1964 is like sending your girlfriend or boyfriend or fiancé a text to break up. It's a bitch move, and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, it's a bitch move to do to break up someone through (laughs) text.
2: I also I had to laugh because Unless it's his COVID, name is John. do it over Skype. <laughs> yeah. I had to laugh because his name was John and she literally wrote him a dear John letter. So I thought that was funny. Just little things.
1: Right. Um over the summer I had to break up with somebody. I actually went over there I hadn't seen him in about a month and I, mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, I gotta go over there and break up with them. Oh and, wow. Um, Good for you. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I come home feeling great about it? No. <laughs> I, I watched uh, I watched uh, SLC Punk when I got home. Oh, nice! I love that movie. Yeah, um, it's hard to find on DVD, but it somebody broke it down in like ten minute increments on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the mummy um, kills again when he kills. Uh, it was Giles all along no gas, Annette faints are there's any badass women in Hammer? I already said that, Mummy oh, so um, he says somebody says, I think it's she it's she when, when the police come in and Adam's on the floor that's when she says, it's alive! and I also <laughs> noticed for the first time that Mummy only has one hand he is kicking ass and taking names with only one hand by the way yeah, yeah
2: because Ra's hand was taken from him when he was assassinated, when he was alive.
1: Right. And John looks on as she consoles Adam walking up the stairs and then leaves. It's know. a very cold moment. I
2: was like, God damn, son. You're just gonna let that shit go? He was, he was more concerned about stopping the killer mummy. But still.
1: Very cold moment for him.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> The mummy uh, breaks free of the trap that the police set, which is like, great, the police got involved, and it's not a whole like, oh, you foolish person. Mummy's alive. Ha 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 ha. Like, they believe it, and they set a trap with the net and the inspector. Everyone gets involved. None of this bullshit of like, oh, you couldn't possibly be, the mummy can't possibly be alive. And the mummy kills Fez and curb stomps his skull in.
2: (laughs) Yeah, after he asks for it, he's like, hey, um i i was working with um white christian people and i feel like really bad about that i think i like betrayed my entire being um as an egyptian and i want you to kill me for
1: it Whatever. turn me into a bug what i don't understand is why does the inspector say john is still in danger but the mummy walked right past john and didn't kill him I-
2: I have no idea.
1: That doesn't make it, any sense. It made sense.
2: no sense.
1: He just said that. He just yeah. said it right there in the room with the mummy. After yeah. the mummy leaves. God, right there. And the mummy could yeah. have reached over and just been like, snap. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe he can only I... kill
1: one person a night. <laughs> <laughs> Adam takes Annette to see his mummy collection and, hey, good on you. You might be a, you know. A son of a bitch, but uh you uh you are um you've got my vote on how to get laid. You show your girl your mummy right. collection.
2: I totally thought. If it doesn't in make drop drop her proper
1: underwear, then I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just take <laughs> I me now was... against the sarcophagus. <laughs> <laughs> I Three was thousand I year old dead people danger. turn me on. I mean she's dressed for it, so It's true. (laughs) If he wasn't, like, just setting her up to be killed by his brother.
2: Yeah. Yeah, as I was saying, I I would have immediately thought this was dangerous. Like, because he was like, no, you go first. No, you go in this room. No, we're not going to talk about anything at all. Just keep going. I'd be like, what the fuck is happening? But, I mean, he did show her his cool mummy collection, but she was ultimately in danger because he wanted to sacrifice her. So I guess there is that. But she has no instincts. She's just – and instead of being like, oh, wow, oh, my God, this is an amazing piece of history, she's just like, oh, my God, it's pretty. Look at all the jewels.
1: It's so pretty. At no point does Giles King, John, Orinette ever have any kind of reaction other than the first time seeing the death of her father – or later on talking about it in any kind of somber way. Even during the slideshow, she doesn't seem to start crying in any way, which is a typical response you would see from somebody after learning about what happened to their father. It may not everyone cries during this scene of seeing someone dead, but it just happened, and this is not exactly a strong written character. So I would expect some kind of emotion, but nobody has any emotion when Jeanette's father is killed.
2: Yeah, no, not at all. And every single, actually, the other thing that's annoying about it is every single time something happens at all, every single man in the room is like, no, Annette, can't look. No, get Annette out of here. i like, guys, she's a fucking full grown adult. Like, she deserves to know whatever is happening. This is also her job. It's her own fucking father. Like, oh boy, it was a time.
1: When John and the police start chasing after Adam and Annette, uh, Adam gets his hand cut off, and it's the opposite hand of his brother.
2: Oh, I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, his brother has one hand cut off, Adam has the other hand cut off, and it's pretty bloody, too. We see the blood falling of the hand, and, of course, he's in the water, and the blood's everywhere. Thank God there's no alligators in the sewer in Egypt. (laughs) Even Uh, though, you
2: know, well, we're in London here.
1: The mummy doesn't kill Annette but scoops her up and she's almost completely falling out of the dress as he wants her to kill her, but he doesn't do that. He ends up drowning his own brother. His brother's supposed to be immortal, but I guess drowning kills him. And I well, can understand this a little bit because years later in the Death of Wolverine, the 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 Wolverine is killed by suffocation.
2: Huh. Well, I was under the impression that the only reason he died is because he could only be killed by Ra. So I don't think it matters how he died. It was just the fact that Ra was the one that was killing him. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was more upset by the fact that he seemed to be resisting. I was like, dude, Adam, you just went on a huge rant about how you were tired of being alive and that being immortal is torture and a curse, which is totally true. And yet, when Ra is finally here, you don't want him to kill you? You seem to be resisting a little bit. That I'm questioning.
1: (laughs) After the mummy kills Adam, he lets her live and then causes a cave-in to kill himself. I think she's going to need tons of therapy after this. We don't see John and her reunited, but I would have loved to have john rescue her i mean we hear him say oh there she is and they they lower the rope down and then it cuts the credits with the mummy's hand coming you know up you know not coming but it's it's the last thing we see buried i would have loved to have had a scene where she throws herself back at john but he gives her like a clark gable frankly darling i don't give a damn
2: i know right i would have liked some kind of closure with them as well like if john was going to take her back or or, like, not. I don't know. Don't I would have take liked her something. Back.
1: Do not take w- her back.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't. Fuck that.
1: No. I mean, she probably completely threw, would throw herself at John again. Um, oh, yeah. After her, you know, many years of counseling and therapy.
2: Yes, because she fell madly in love with a white man who is apparently 3,000 year old Egyptian and speaks British, like, perfect British English.
1: If there was any real serious continuity between these films, the next movie would be The Child from the Mummy's Tomb and it would reveal that she's like pregnant with like the, the uh the uh, you know Adam's seed, three thousand year old seed, and, right? and he like she gives birth to like, you know, a regular child, but there's like Egyptians who are after it because it's like the living descendant of their yeah. of their raw mummy pharaoh god thing. Yeah. You know, and then they send mummies after him, and John's gonna put himself in a situation where he's like, Damn it, now I gotta protect the bitch who cheated on me, but I also gotta protect <laughs> some kid who's not even mine. And then it ends with like her like growing a pair and killing herself to save her son, and John has to raise the child that's not his. <laughs>
2: i, I think mean I that just, sounds more
1: interesting i i it probably sounds more interesting than the next two movies we're gonna watch because i well, at least one of the two of them is a mummy movie in name only i was told oh wow <laughs> yeah that's the uh valerie leone film so and that's the next movie okay. right or is it the shroud shroud is next okay so we'll get to it um overall also by the way so the last movie was put out by warner brothers this was put out by columbia i don't know what the next films are being put out by But um, the next two films are available from Screen Factory, loaded with bonus material. (laughs) (laughs) I was not the biggest fan of the characters in the movie, but I didn't think it was terrible that we had like this, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, one-handed mummy. Because how many one-handed creatures do we know of besides Candyman?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I thought this one was more fun to watch than maybe the first one. I thought this one was more fun to watch overall, but maybe the characters were definitely worse than they were in the first one.
1: I want to also point out that the guy who attacks, um, who the guy who gets thrown overboard, the ship, as he's called, ship attacker. I don't know if we've seen him before in other movies, but he's played by George Leach, and we've seen him before in. Hundreds of other things, such as he was a strangled specter skier on Her Majesty's Secret Service. He's a henchman who gets eaten by a shark and for your eyes only. He is huh. um, a shutterbug who gets killed and the pink panther strikes back. He is a man in an office uh, who watches. Uh, he's a, he's the man in the office who does a double take and goes, huh? After Superman catches a uh, cat burglar trying to steal some diamonds. But when he turns around, (laughs) Superman's gone. He's also in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. um, And and he's also uh, one of uh, Largo's crewmen in Thunderball. He's a Manchu minion in the face of Fu Manchu. He's a man in bulletproof (laughs) vest at Q's division who gets fired at wearing the Q vest in Goldfinger. He's a decontamination (laughs) technician in Dr. No. This guy had a fucking career. Yeah,
2: wow. (laughs) I
1: love character actors like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially when you're in that many goddamn Bond movies. Um, he's also a stuntman in Never Say Never Again, A View to a Kill, <laughs> Octopussy, Superman, was- Revenge yeah. of the Pink Panther, The Pink Panther Strikes Again, The Spy Who've Loved Me, uh, Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, Diamonds Are Forever, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Casino Royale, Thunderball, Goldfinger, Dr. No, The Guns of Never this guy had a freaking career george leach 1921 to 2012 i mean this guy was in every major 60s and 70s bond movie or other british uh film that was made at that time such as superman and star wars which were both made in london uh kudos to him (laughs)
2: yeah that's pretty amazing that is a
1: great career (laughs) You just keep getting work in Bond movies. You've got paychecks for life. (laughs) Uh, Did you know what's funny is that the newest Bond movie soundtrack is out and available to buy, but the movie has been pushed back, I think, till 2022 again?
2: Oh, holy shit. That's so weird.
1: Yeah. Well, that's all the time here we have here tonight on Boobs, Blood, and Badasses. Our boobs definitely go to our. Uh, heroin as much of a heroine as she is played by uh, Annette uh, Dubot. uh sorry uh Jean, uh, Jean Rowland, who plays Annette Dubot. Um she's the only real female in the film other than the belly dancer yep uh, who's got a better yeah. better belly than a uh, set of breasts so we'll give it we'll give her the belly award yeah. we'll give Annette the breast awards yeah <laughs> the blood <laughs> is for all of the hand chopping in this movie um yeah absolutely you don't see this in a Star Wars movie because the uh, the lightsaber cauterizes the wound, <laughs> <laughs> and the badass should go to.
2: Probably uh, no. I, really know. I, I guess,
1: guess Adam. Well, I was gonna say uh, Doctor. Oh, yeah, John. Giles. Uh, just because he played Van Helsing in the Monster Squad.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I'll agree with that. Plus, plus, he was the only one who understood how archaeology works,
1: and he's the only <laughs> one who actually got. Uh, got, 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 got to fight the mummy in a way that looked like he was trying to do something as he fires seven cool. shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six gun revolver, seven shots. <laughs> Maybe he loaded one more bullet we didn't see. <laughs> uh, you can find us and all the other podcasts on the Dorkening Network, and you can find us on our individual Twitters at Chris ChrisDSAV.
2: And you can find me at L zero R E N,
1: And that goes for Instagram as well. You can find me on Radio <laughs> of Horror and Ro at the same name that yep. she just gave you for Instagram. Or you can send us an email if you wish to. Any corrections or comments you have about the podcast, radioofhorror at gmail.com. we got two more of these mummy movies to go. And we'd like to thank everyone who's been checking us out and tuning in to Boobs, Blood, yeah. and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast here on the Dorkening Network.
2: Thanks, guys.